Take a seat if you wish. My name is Matthew, one of the pastors here at Faith Family Fellowship. If you're a visitor, we'd like to welcome you uh, here this morning. There should be a card in the pew right in front of you that says communication card. If you would grab that, fill that out, drop that in the basket on your way out this morning. We'd love to have a record of you joining us this week, be able to reach out to you this week, pray for you, see if there's anything that, that we can do or answer for you. So, Merry Christmas. We, uh, we, Next Sunday will be the day after Christmas, so Merry Christmas. So with Christmas coming up, there are uh, a few things that will be looking different over the next two weeks. This evening we will be together uh, going out and singing Christmas carols, and so 5 p.m. over in the Family Life Center or gym, that is where we'll meet up and then uh, separate and go to a variety of places and Sing, sing carols. So you're welcome to come. We'd love to see you here uh, this evening. That we'll do that tonight, and then Wednesday, 
and Sunday school and Sunday nights until the new year. We'll be taking a break from that uh, with Christmas coming up. And so just want to make you aware of those changes. And this Friday, we'll have Christmas Eve together. And so uh, we'll have our traditional yearly Christmas Eve time together, candlelight service, share in the Lord's Supper together, and worship uh, worship Christ together. And so that's this coming Friday, Christmas Eve. So hope you'll join us for that right here uh, this Friday. So with Christmas coming, the Lord has provided several opportunities uh, for faith family and people within our congregation to reach out with the love of Christ, to be able to help meet needs, and just want to just want to let you know about some of those things so you can, one, be encouraged. The Lord is using uh, his people here and, and rejoice in what God has done and how God has used people to provide for needs. We've had a, a family that we were connected with through uh, Care Portal, which is a kind of a foster care connection online thing to meet needs in DHR and foster care and uh, we're able to, one of, our, one of our families was able to provide uh, gifts for that family for Christmas and also another family that we are attached to through our weekday preschool. We're able to help them and provide some gifts uh, for them. And uh, also several backpacks went out this week to Louisiana to uh, be given this week to children over in Louisiana who are still recovering from the storms and hurricane that came through a few years ago. And so it's a few things just to make you aware of and that you can uh, rejoice in the Lord, his provision for those and bringing those connections together uh, for what he's doing. And so just want to make you aware just to, to tell you about things that are happening, different opportunities that the people here have had the opportunity to be a part of. And so along with that, we are taking up this morning Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And so we'll remind you that Lottie Moon, the offering is every bit of it goes to international missionaries that are supported to, through, the, uh, inter, through the International Mission Board of the Cooperative Program for Southern Baptists. And so there's about 4,000-ish uh, missionaries, I'm not sure the exact number, uh, who are all over the world in different places uh, reaching out to a specific group of people with the gospel, trying to build bridges and relationships in order to share the gospel. And Lottie Moon Christmas offering is the, the financial way and, as we'll pray in just a minute, uh, a prayerful way to support them and what God has called them to do and is using them to do in another part of the world. And so, um, if you would, there should be a card in front of you, an envelope in front of you, or if you just designate that, drop that in the basket uh, today. We're not going to come forward, bring anything. You're welcome to come forward and pray if you want to, uh, but not, not uh, bring gifts together here. Just drop that in uh, today uh, sometime. And so we'll pray in just a moment for that. And we also support other missionaries uh, who are not part of the IMB, and one of them uh, the Andersons, who have been with us, um, there are they several several of you support them and give to them directly. But an opportunity, uh, some cards are going over uh, to them, and if you want to add a card to the Anderson family, uh, just pass that off to the Millers, Billy Miller over here. If you've got, uh, if you just want to jot them down a card and get it to them this week. Uh, they will make sure that flies overseas to them and gets to the Andersons. So, all right, now, we've been memorizing Scripture together, and uh, so we have been in Numbers, uh, this passage uh, in Numbers, and so let's read it again. We'll just read it once this, this morning. And uh, let's read it again and uh, remind ourselves of these words. So, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind? Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Numbers twenty-three nineteen. So I don't know if you've gone back and looked at this passage, where this comes from, but this is from the mouth of Balaam, who was not a Jewish person. Numbers is Old Testament, so the history of the Jewish people Balaam is not Jewish. He is not part of the people of God. He's actually a, a pagan mystic who is hired by the enemy of Israel to come, to come uh, 
speak curses against Israel as they are coming into the promised land, into the land that God has given them. And the word of God comes through Balaam to pronounce the goodness and the fulfillment of God and his promise to his people. And this is one of the the statements that God inspires this pagan prophet to say. And how much more does this present the authority, the power, and sovereignty of God that a pagan unbeliever speaks God's word? That God is able to inspire and speak and then record and give it to us. His, in his word, what is true and right, that he, what he intends, what he speaks, it will happen and he will bring it about. No matter the efforts of the enemies of God's people, God brought his people into the promised land. He gave the land to them. His word is true. He is trustworthy. He is not like you and me that, that backtrack on what we say we're going to do from time to time. God does what he says he'll do. We can trust him. All right, it's a great passage. I hope, I hope you'll look at it and, and read uh, along with memorizing this, this one verse here. So let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on our time and ask the Lord's blessing on the gifts uh, to Lottie Moon uh, Christmas offering for international missions this morning. Okay, pray with me if you would. Father God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your grace. That God, Christmas, as we are celebrating this time, this season, Lord, uh, Lord, we're celebrating your son, that you, Father, sent your son. You sent him to take flesh, to be born an infant, to grow in weakness and in human frailty and limitation, to grow, to believe, to trust, to obey your word and your revealed will and that as he grew as he grew in the wisdom and the stature before God and men that the Lord Jesus fulfilled every bit of your law every bit of what you've promised he fulfilled Lord prophetic words of who he would be that defy reason but that God you you spoke, you promised, and you brought about. And so, Father, I ask that, God, this morning as we we join around your word and who you are, that, God, your character would be exalted in our minds, that, God, we would see you, we would hear you in your scripture, and that, Lord God, we would be drawn to humility before you, to dependence, to trust, to faith, to sacrifice, Lord. God, I thank you for the men and women, the families that you have strewn about this globe, that you've placed in various places in the world among people that, that Lord, they, uh, that they have been called to, to bring the gospel to, to, to speak about who you are and what you have done in your son. Lord, I ask you to provide for them, provide for them in the Southern Baptist churches that are taking up this offering this week, Lord. I ask you, Lord, that these monies, they would go and support these families, that, God, they would be able to fully concentrate on the mission before them to bring the gospel to the nations, to make disciples of all peoples, to exalt you among the darkness of the world, God. And so, Father, would you provide for them? Lord, would you take these and provide for these families? God, may their work be fruitful. May your spirit, Lord, be at work with people they are trying to build relationships with. May your, may your spirit, Lord, provide opportunities that they are able to reach out and to, to meet needs and be able to take ground from the enemy and be able to, Lord, share your word and see, Lord, believers grow and come to know you. So, Father, I ask you, Lord, would you, would you be at work, bear fruit, May we know it. God, would you use these gifts for your glory? And so, Father, as, as you sent your Son, Lord, as he gave his life on a cross in order to pay the penalty of sin that was not his own, but was ours, Lord. 
Lord, I ask that, God, you would help us to, God, to confess things that are not in keeping with the gospel, not in keeping with the faith that we've received. God, you would help us this morning to turn our hearts and our minds to you, to hear and to trust and to repent. We thank you and ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.
thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, sending him to pay our price, take our debt, that we may, we may again be your sons and daughters, that you adopt us. Thank you for that sacrifice, for that gift. God, help us not to take that for granted. Help us to remember that, to lean on that. God, to believe that. God, I pray as Pastor Joel comes up, that you will give him just the words to speak. Lord, that you will speak through him, and that you will give us ears to hear, God, and hearts to understand this building better equipped to be your church. Father, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning to you and good to see you this uh, week of uh, Christmas and what a privilege it is. Uh, to be together. Uh, let me uh, just remind you that, of course, uh, you probably heard that uh, Earl Hollingshead passed away, uh, went home to be with the Lord, and his uh, service will be tomorrow. Uh, it'll be right here. Uh, visitation begins at 10 o'clock, and the service will be at 11. <clears throat> and so uh, if you have opportunity to come, it would be great uh, encouragement to Phyllis, and it's a way to say uh, uh, the family of God supports uh, our people. And, uh, and we know that we have the assurance of the resurrection and the hope uh, in Christ, and so that's what we were going to do tomorrow, celebrate that. Uh, we sang Noel, and uh, I asked uh, earlier in the week somebody about, uh, well, what does Noel mean? And some people know and some people don't. And so if you don't know what you're singing, uh, it's, not, it's not of much value. And it may, it's a, a, a French word for nativity. So that first, the nativity of Christ. And so that's what we're talking about uh, when we sing that song. Uh, today is the fourth week, uh, fourth Sunday of Advent. And uh, I realize some of you are going through Advent calendars in your home with your children. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm designating today uh, for the purpose of the sermon, uh, love. And it may not uh, flow the same way. Each year they switch them all up. And, uh, and so today we're going to be talking about the greatest lover of all, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I've picked uh, a verse that's obscure and probably unknown to you for my text this morning. It's John 3.16. Okay, so if you can find the Gospel of John, uh, let me invite you to turn with me to uh, John 3.16. And I, and I am going to just pull it out of the context. Uh, you know the context is uh, uh, Jesus has been talking with Nicodemus. And uh, he has explained to Nicodemus the way of salvation. And uh, it's a promise uh, in the following verses that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him, Christ, might be saved. So the purpose in God's coming is that he might redeem a people unto himself. And then we're familiar with the verse that, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Uh, King James is, uh, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we do thank You that uh, in light of the fact that one of our, our faithful and regular attenders has gone home to be with You this past week, that this truth was a reality for Earl personally, it's a reality for his wife, Phyllis, for his son, uh, Kevin, uh, for his daughter-in-law, Jilly, uh, for his grandchildren. It's f true for this body of believers. It's true for every follower of Christ across the planet, across the ages. 
And so, Lord, we thank you that out of the fact that you are love, you have sent your Son uh, in our behalf. And help us today to celebrate that. May this be a, a, a time of celebration and remembrance of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, if you are uh, been a member here very long, you know that uh, I pastored for uh, 17 years in Arkansas. And uh, when we were there, uh, we would get a snow. Sometimes it would be a two-inch snow. It might be a foot of snow, but it, it rarely lasted very long. And so when it snowed, you, you did snow things as best you could. You built snowmen. You made snow ice cream which, by the way, is real easy to do. You just take a bunch of snow and pour Eagle Brand uh, milk on top of it. Boy, it's really good, okay? But uh, I don't know how many of you have ever uh, practiced hillbilly snow skiing. But I have. And let me tell you what that looks like. Uh, it looks like taking a pair of water skis and taking the rudders off of them and getting a ski rope and pulling it behind a four-wheeler. Yes, I've done that, okay? And, and it's really fun until you hit a tree or whatever else. But, uh, you know, it, we would do that till you know, you couldn't feel your fingers, you couldn't feel your toes. And, uh, and then you would go inside. And there would be that nice big fire. And you'd back up to that fire. Some of you have been there. I know we live in South Alabama, and that's not normal. Uh, but back up to that fire and begin to warm up to the, to the brilliance of that great fire that's behind you. I really want to encourage you to, to think in terms of that this morning as you think about the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Our hearts do become cold. We do become indifferent. Uh, we get jaded sometimes. Uh, somebody... Uh, has said something that's hurt us, somebody's uh, uh, unforgiving toward us, maybe we're unforgiving toward somebody else. There, there's, there's something that uh, happens to us. Our hearts get hardened. They get cold and indifferent. And uh, if you want to know that God loves you, no matter what the circumstances may be, you and I have to look at the cross of Calvary. And when we see the cross of Calvary, no matter whether... We find out that uh, a loved one of, a, uh, of ours has cancer or, or we say, well, God took somebody away from me or however you might interpret something, you and I must back up to the cross of Calvary and feel and sense and know the truth of what God's Word said, that God loves us so much that He gave His only Son. When I was asking my granddaughter what uh, she wanted for Christmas, uh, she said, uh, it really doesn't matter. Anything that is given in love is a great gift. Now, I'm not sure if she means that or not, okay? But it was really a good answer. And God has given us the gift of His Son Jesus Christ. So if we make it through this morning, we'll, we'll look at three different uh, aspects of love. Number one, we'll look at God's love for us. Number two, our love for God. And then our love for others. And, and our love for others is actually, we're channels of the love of God uh, to other people. So let, let's begin by looking at this verse as God's love for us. Uh, you have to see, first of all, it is, comes from the greatest being. The Scripture says, for God loves us so much. The verse we've been memorizing that I'm not quite put to memory yet, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> it's from Numbers uh, uh, 23. God is not man. He's not a man. He, he did become man. But he's not a man that he can falter like you and I falter. He's not, a, he's not the son of man, even though he is the son of man. He's not born in that sense with a fallen nature like us that he would change his mind about us. When God says something, he is 
solely committed to fulfill everything that he says. That's what the verse goes on to say. He has spoken it. Will he not fulfill it? And the answer is an absolute yes. If he promised it, God's going to do it. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved, born again, redeemed, regenerated, has the assurance of eternal life, a home in heaven, a relationship with him that puts us as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Charles Hodge, the theologian, made this statement. He said, the best definition of God ever penned by man is this. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. I, I, I know what he's trying to communicate here to us is that God is great. He is great in all of his attributes, his character. Everything about God is good. And God is great in his goodness. He's great in his mercy. And he is great in his love. Uh, there is no greater love than the love of God. I, I've got to kind of back up for a second and uh, remember what uh, my wife's grandmother used to say. Uh, she used to uh, correct my wife uh, when she was a little girl. And I want to challenge you to, as grandparents to maybe do the same. Because uh, uh, just as children would say, I love ice cream. Uh, I love to play whatever it is. Uh, she used to correct her and say, what you should say is, I like ice cream. I, I like this. I like that. The word love, is, it's, it's too uh, broad spectrum in our English language. It, it should be reserved only for relationships. And, and I would agree with that. So when we talk about love... We're talking about God's kind of love. We're talking about that love of relationships. And uh, so uh, we have the greatest God, the greatest lover. We have the greatest love. God loved the world so much. Now, I'm not sure what so much means, but it really has the idea you can't put a limitation on it. Jesus put it this way in John 15 and verse 13. Greater love has no man than this but that a man would lay down his life for his friends. That's exactly what Jesus did. He came to earth expressing the greatest of love. You know Romans 5, 8. That reminds us that God showed his love toward us when? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How great is the love of God? It overcomes whatever barrier we may throw in front of God. You may become indifferent. You may be antagonistic. You may be like uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus and fighting against God. And yet you and I cannot overcome, we cannot defeat the love of God in Christ Jesus. You can't undo the cross. You, you can't negate the cross. You can't nullify the cross. The world and all of its sin cannot stop the power of God's love through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so as Andrew Murray said it, this is the love of God, not that he gives us something, but that he gives us someone, a living person, not just another blessing, but him in whom is all life and blessing, Jesus himself. That's what God has given to us in his love. He has given us the greatest love. And he has also given us the greatest gift. God gave his only son. First uh, John 4.10 says, In this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us. And he sent his son to be, big word, propitiation, uh, uh, for our sins. It's the price paid uh, the payment that is due for the cost for our sin to satisfy 
the holiness and the justice of God on our sin, Christ became that gift for us. I'm reminded in Romans three, uh, Romans eight thirty two, when it tells us of the greatness of His love. He who did not spare His own Son, but freely gave Him up for us. He graciously will give us all things. So God gives us the gift of His grace, the tenderness of His mercy in the greatest of gifts that the world has ever known or ever will know. I can't imagine what it will be when we gather together up in glory. But when I read in the book of Revelation, when I see the 24 uh, uh, elders that are there before the throne of God, along with the angels, the, uh, the vastness of the angels that are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. What a wonder it will be to fully understand all that He has done to redeem us, to save us. We know we're sinners, but we kind of think sometimes we're not so bad sinners, right? I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, you know... Uh, Christmas, as it has been popularized in our culture, uh, we, have, we have somebody that says, uh, if you're good enough, you're going to get such and such. If you're bad, you're going to get such and such. And that's not the way salvation is. God in His grace and His tender mercy gives us what we do not deserve. We've earned hell. We've deserved separation from God. And yet, out of the greatest gift, God has given us eternal life through His Son. It's also the greatest offer, isn't it? Uh, whoever believes in Him. Now, that, that's pretty fantastic. The Scripture says that anybody who will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Uh, John put it this way in John 1. He, Christ, came into the world, and the world was made through him. Now, he didn't have to come. He made the world. We took what he made and gave us, and we perverted it. We sinned against God, but he came into this world that he made, and he came to his own. And when he comes to his own, what, do, what did we do? We did not receive him. But to those who did receive him, what does he do? He gives them the power uh, to become, the right to become the children of God. And knowing it's not left up to us to transform ourselves, to make us better people. What does it say in verse 13? Those who were born not of blood, not natural birth, nor of the will of the flesh, I'm going to do better, nor of the will of man. I want my friends to go to heaven. None of that works. But those who are born of God. He has made you to be a new creation. He's put eternity in our hearts and made us to become children of God. And it is ours by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. Now that's a great gift. Amen. That is the most wonderful gift. We're, uh, I told somebody this morning, uh, well, just a few minutes ago, I said to somebody, I think I might go pick out my casket this afternoon. They looked at me funny. I, I, I pulled up uh, one of the websites, well, I put, pulled up a couple of websites this morning to look at the news, and basically it sounded like we're all going to die in the next week. Okay? I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Omicron variant and how infectious it is and and uh, you know they're, they're trying to scare us to death okay and I don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going to happen and guess what they whoever they are don't know what's going to happen God knows what's going to happen and God has an intent through all of this that it might drive us to the Savior Drive us to Christ. We live our lives as if there is no eternity. 
we live our lives, and I'm talking about not necessarily you as an individual, people in general. We live our lives. The world keeps going on as if nothing is going to happen. And we all know the certainty that we're all going to close our eyes in death. It's going to happen to all of us. Now, that's a bummer, isn't it? Well, it is. Except for the truth that God offers the greatest gift with the greatest promises to us in His Son, Jesus Christ, to know that, hey, this is not all that there is to life. There is more to come. And it's an abundant life. It's an abundant life that we get to experience in, in a taste while we're here in this body and in this struggle. But it is something that you and I can know through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ now, knowing that one day it will be fully fulfilled. And then lastly here is the greatest result, that man should not perish but have eternal life. I love what Jesus said to uh, those early disciples when he said, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, and I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish. You see, our dear brother Earl did not die. He didn't. You say, preacher, you're, you're in denial. I'm not in denial. His, he, he left his body here, but in a moment, in a twinkling of the eye, he was immediately transported into glory. I don't know how many times that I've been over to see Phyllis, and Phyllis would look at me and she would say, I'm mad at Earl because I'm here and he's there. Of course, she was kidding. She's not mad at Earl. But she was stating a very positive truth in reality, wasn't she? He is there. That loved one of yours who has died in Christ is in the presence of God. That is our assurance. That is what we've got to hold on to. That's why we can have joy no matter what circumstances we may find ourselves in. So through Christ we become His and He gives us eternal life. But now secondly, our love for Him. Our love for Him. Deuteronomy 6.5 Deuteronomy meaning the second giving of the law. Remember what Moses did with the first giving of the commandments? The same thing every one of us has done. I don't know if you ever thought about that. What did Moses do with them? He broke them. You know what we've done with them? We've broken them. Okay, <laughs> we all broken them. And this is the second giving of the law in Deuteronomy. And in the middle of giving the law again, notice what uh, Deuteronomy 6.5 says. And it's, it's said multiple times throughout Scripture. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. You see, that's the response that we're to give back to God, is one of love. John Owen, uh, the Puritan, wrote, The love of God is like God Himself, equal, constant, not capable of augmentation or diminution. I had to look it up how to pronounce it, by the way. To diminish. To make smaller. It, you can't do that. Our love is like ourselves. You see, our love is incomplete. It's unequal and increasing, waning and yet growing and declining. His is like the sun, always the same in its light, though a cloud may sometimes interpose. Our love is like the moon. It has its enlargements and its straightenings. In other words, you can see a little bit of it in a lot. Our love vacillates. How do I love God back? Well, I think we need to understand the essence of what it means to love God. Grateful obedience requires denying self. And this is our sole expression of love to God. 
Now, what, did I, what do I mean by that? You see, how do I say to God I love you? Oh, I, I, I love it when we have a nice uh, uh, musical or, I mean, the, you know, every once in a while the preacher can preach a good sermon and hit it out of the park, you know, and go, wow, oh, wasn't it good to be at church today? Oh, I love God so much. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you have moments when you just feel like you love God greatly? And you say to God, oh God, I love you with all my heart. But the reality is there's only one way to express to God the gratefulness of our love. It's obedience. There is no other way. There's nothing else in Scripture. I'm not talking about a legalistic obedience. We're talking about a grateful response to God to say yes to what He has said to us. Now we know the scripture where Jesus says over and over again, John 14, 21, he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you love him? Oh, I have great affection for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not love. That's not love. Loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and with all of our might is saying yes to Him. Alistair Begg, pastor at Parkside Church in Cleveland, he said, Sincere love is not a result of emotional surges. It is a result of obedience to the truth. And he capitalized truth. He's talking about a person. Jesus is the, the way, the truth and the life. So loving Him is that gracious response to His love to us whereby we say to Him, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's just that simple. Well, what about our love for others? Our love for others is hard. It's difficult. At times it's impossible, isn't it? Sometimes uh, uh, someone said, will say to us uh, or we'll be sharing with them how someone has uh, offended us. God tells us what we're to do when we're offended. If you're offended by someone, what are you supposed to do? Scripture says go to them and say, that offended me. Let's work this thing out. And even if they're not willing to forgive you, what are we supposed to do? Forgive them in return. How do I forgive them in return? When my heart doesn't really want to forgive them. Forgive them through the grace of God that has been given to you, uh, to you through the cross of Calvary. That is the only way you and I can truly love others as we ought to. First uh, John 4. Uh, by the way, the word the, uh, we're using a lot of John passages, if you've not noticed that. He's called the beloved disciple. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. If you are in relationship with Christ, what will you do? We will obey the Lord in loving others. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God himself is love. John Owen said also, The Father's love ought to be looked on as the source from which all other loves flow. You know, it's kind of like backing up to the fire. Lord, I'm cold. I can't move quite as fast uh, in response to you as I should where does the motivation for loving others come from it comes from going to the cross coming to Christ being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ and as Jonathan Edwards says there are those who love those who agree with them and admire them but have no time for those who oppose and dislike them a Christian's love must be universal Now, here's where I want to stop for just a second and say, we in America are terrible at loving the unlovely. We have, we particularly in the South, us, 
we have embraced it's okay to hate others. We have. Now, you don't want to hear me say that, but I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. I find it in my heart time and time again. Now, I want to remind you what Jesus said in Matthew 5. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. If we are sons and daughters of God, what will we do? We will not only love our friends, but we will love our enemies. I know what our tendency... We like to say, well, yeah, God commands us to love one another. That's each other. That's the people in the family of God. That's who we're to love. And the, and the world that rejects Jesus Christ, man, they can have whatever they want. They can get whatever's coming to them. And yet that's not what the Lord says. He says in verse 46 of that passage, If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? None. That's not a part of being a child of God. Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And the answer is yeah. And we're talking about, don't, don't the most wretched human beings on earth love people who love them? Yeah. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? And the answer is yes. This ought not, cannot be the way we behave. As followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus came to those who spit in his face, who put nails in his hand, put a, thorn, a, a crown of thorns on his head, pierced his side, laughed at, mocked at him, spit at him, hit him, and, uh, and defamed his name, blasphemed him, and yet he stood there on the cross and said, Father... Forgive them. John Piper said, It's not hard to see why John 3.16 is one of the most famous, most often memorized, most cherished verses in the Bible. Packed into this verse are the greatest realities that exist. God. Love. The world. The Son of God. Faith. Perishing forever. Living forever. Whoever, that's you, it's me. These are the greatest things that can be. What could be more important? What could be more relevant for you right now? What could be more urgent for you or momentous for you than to know where you stand in relation to what God says to you in this verse? I say that to you as a congregation. I say it to those that are... Uh, listening by way of the internet with us. What is more relevant than the fact that God sent His only Son to die on the cross for you? Years ago, I spent some time with a uh, singer. His name was Marty Getz. G-O-E-T-Z. You ought to write it down. I really want you, I, seriously, I want you to look it up on YouTube, okay? And he, and he wrote a song, The Love of God. And it's a real simple little song. But uh, there they are in Jerusalem in this video uh, with an orchestra overlooking Jerusalem, the Temple Mound area in the evening. And you can see the Dome of the Rock over his shoulder as they're videoing it. And he is referencing back to the Roman soldier who watched Jesus die. And he says, oh man... When he saw him die like that, he knew he was the Son of God. And then he wrote these words, the love of God. The love of God, can you see on that tree the love of God? It's there for you. It's there for me, the love of God. He bleeds for you. He pleads for you who are needy. The love of God. He's got other verses that go on and say it. But I want to ask you this morning. Are you walking in God's love?
Do you know him? Do you know that he loves you? I, I realize you may be sitting here and you've got some really bad circumstances and it would be so easy to say, well, God doesn't love me. Or this would not have happened. I, I wouldn't be in this situation. These circumstances would not have come about. Oh, that comes about because we live in fallen bodies with a fallen nature in a fallen world full of sin. Bad things happen. What makes it worthwhile? It is the God who has purpose and a plan. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. There are plans to give you hope and a future. We have a Savior who came seeking us because God loves the world so much that He gave His one and only Son. How do you and I respond? Oh, receive Him. Love Him in return with a gracious obedience to Him. Share Him with others by showing them the love of Jesus Christ. We, we have a missionary to Bolivia sitting right here with us. Kate, we're glad to have you this morning. We've got retired or emeritus missionaries to Indonesia sitting right over here. Uh, they were, they're just extensions of the body of Christ uh, to show people to go to places that maybe we can't go. And uh, that's what we're to do. You know what? There are places that you can get into that they can't get into. There are family dynamics that would never allow me to say a word to them. You know, because some preacher has said something that hurt their feelings a long time ago and they're never going to listen to a preacher. We were visiting with some of our church family the other day and they said, their family says, of all the people that we've known who profess to be Christians, we look at you and we say, you're the only two that appear to be real Christians. You see, you can get into a place that the rest of us may not be able to get into. And God wants to use you for His glory, sharing the love of Christ. Would you bow together in prayer with me? Oh, Father, this, this Christmas season is to remember that, that, Lord, you did not forsake us. It is in no way to, to, to think that you don't love us because of the circumstances we may find ourselves in. But to know the love of God in Christ Jesus is the greatest gift that could ever be given and it has the greatest results for us and Lord it is the greatness of who you are that can provide everything that you promise to give us life here and life hereafter through the Lord Jesus Christ and Father we want to respond to you by obedient worship by obedient service, by obedience to your commands, not, Lord, because we have to, but because we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand together and sing a song to encourage you to follow Christ.